0: and welcome to the latest episode of Jumpcast the podcast from the award-winning team behind Jumpcut online my name is sarah and i'm your host for today and i am joined once again by my co-host barry barry how are you on this fine day
1: uh, i'm actually quite fantastic today how are you
0: i am pretty good thank you yeah it's uh it's a bit it's a bit grey outside presently but um yeah otherwise not too bad <laughs> i it's feel that, like the weather is always here. the thing we
1: bring up first yeah well, it's, i mean <laughs> i'm not british but i've been here long enough to know that like it's just ingrained once you once you're here for a while that like it, if you don't talk about the weather first then like are you really here
0: yeah yeah are you even british or have you ever in been anywhere
1: near it like um, yeah but yeah no it's um th- where, where we are up in in north london it's it's quite sunny um and a bit too hot so hopefully i won't be a puddle by the time this is over
0: yeah that is uh maybe always <laughs> seems to be the danger of recording these podcasts but um yeah. it was there was quite a, a heavy rain shower here earlier so i was getting if, you, if people do hear kind of like rain in the background it will just be this kind of like hopefully this like beautiful kind of like ambient noise in the background it won't be like crashing or anything there's, a f- there's also this. a few
1: sequences in these films I mean, uh, there's definitely two i can think of off the top of my head that have rain so actually it's really atmospheric and very smart of the weather and stains to do to make it all yes. happen yes
0: yes absolutely and um thank you uh weather for providing perfectly timed background noise maybe?
1: beautiful beautiful <laughs> mood music
0: <laughs> beautiful mead music um yes so we are uh talking about two films again today so we are we are we're barreling through these films now especially now that we're covering two in an episode so is this this is uh film number eight and film number nine is that right that we're yeah doing today yes Yeah so uh, the films that we'll be talking about today are um, two more of the kind of Disney package films. We talked a little bit about what that is and what that means on last week's episode um, but the ones we are doing today are Make Mine Music and Fun and Fancy Free. I've just noticed that they are both uh, alliterative titles with the with the M's and with the F's.
1: Absolutely, and then and then the next the next two package films have no alliteration, and it's, In... it's very sad <laughs> because honestly, it's one of the best things these films have going for them. That alliteration. Yeah,
0: yeah, that, uh, it's one of the few good things it has going for it, and I guess the only connection between these two films. So yeah, last week, yeah, we we did Sally Amigos and the Three Caballeros last week, and they have a bit more kind of like similarities between them and we've we've talked about that quite a bit but these these two that we're talking about today don't really have that um i guess yeah where the similarities end are the fact that they both have alliterative titles and, and uh, uh dinosaur yes we do have uh connective uh tissue between the two it's yeah. uh, a crossover star so yeah no that's true but yeah we are uh packaging these ones together because we weren't entirely sure that we could fill an entire episode talking about yeah I would say one of them in particular well so, I think the yeah. thing
1: with them and it's it's not necessarily a detriment to them um with package films but often of the time they don't really demand the same level of Mm. analysis which which isn't to say they're bad um although you could certainly say these ones are but that's mm, (laughs) that's not the point (laughs) i mean but like with 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 kind of package films they're not like telling like a big through narrative that you can like examine and really pick apart because that's just not what they're doing they're a series of shorts uh make my music is 10 shorts in 75 Mm -hmm. minutes so you know if you average them out that's seven minutes each which is you know there's not a whole lot you can dive into there uh and then funny fantasy free is is essentially two um pretty long shorts um Mm. they're both around the same length um and then you have if you go back last week to like saludos and three caballeros they're not they don't count them as like an official sequel but it's basically like a spiritual well it's kind of like a quasi-sequel and or like logical successor to the solidus amicus's success um Mm. because they have the same kind of characters and they do the same kind of things but they're not neither of them are really a narrative so i'm not really sure you could call it like a a sequel i think there's some debate on what the first disney sequel is um as far as i'm concerned it's the, uh, the rescuers down under all the way in 1990 because i don't i wouldn't count three caballeros as a sequel um no but these and then but then if you look at the next two make my music and of fans 3 they're just like they have no relation to each other except some of the people involved in them um there's like plot wise there's no um you know they're just two sets of package films and then when we get to next week with the next two they are probably even further apart than these two are
0: yeah yeah originally we were kind of like oh could we like pair pair some together that were kind of thematically similar and i think at one point we talked about doing uh, I don't know having like three in one episode or something just yeah. to kind of make if there's like a bit more connect I think it was we were maybe talking about having like melody time in with yeah. make my music but um yeah and th- that would have kind of thrown out the order a little bit and I am like quite determined to do this in like chronological release order if I can so yeah it's I,
1: th- I think I, I think it it's nice that they made six of them because it, it makes for three easy to, uh, to like you know Three episodes of two each and then you're you have a nice balance
0: there. yeah yeah and then we're kind of back into the the normal narrative features and the films that will be a lot more familiar to people and yeah we were we were talking about this before we started recording actually that um make my music which is the first film that we'll be talking about is if you're doing that kind of uh Sporkle like guess the disney 58 um, films which we have both done and got 100% on recently. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> after many, many practices. Um, yeah, I think that Make My Music is, even like hardcore Disney fans, I would say that this is one of the ones that people will forget. It's not, it, I certainly like, I, I, put, I think I put on my Twitter that I was watching it over the weekend and a lot of people were like, I have never heard of that. Yeah. And I was like you're not alone (laughs) you're really not i had not um i think i'd heard it in name only in you know kind of looking at lists of disney films um a few years ago but obviously now i'm uh, much more familiar with it and yeah it's i can see why it's one of the ones that is is forgotten and in fact it is the only one of the 58 that we're watching that isn't on disney Plus, so do you uh, like i'm not too clear on why that might be but do you have any any kind of
1: reason yeah. why it's not there's, on
0: disney plus this
1: one there's some insight as to possibly why uh it's interesting because this came out the same year uh, 1946 as the uh, notorious probably the best word uh song of the south mm. um and they're very vocal about the fact that song of the south will not be appearing on disney plus at any time they will not be releasing it anywhere uh, They've basically said um, this is not a film for now, or really ever. Um, so, you know, I I would love to see it because I'm, you know, I I I would like to know what exactly. I mean, I've read, but you know, you, I, I still want to see it as mm. to why it's such a subject of such such controversy. Um, but that's n- probably never going to happen. Although maybe it's online somewhere. I'll have to I'll have to dig deep and and see <laughs> if if there must be some way to see it because I'm I'm very curious. But anyway, yeah. came out the same year as that, and Make My Music is. S- but s- sorry to um clarify song of the south is not one of the 58 um disney animated classics. No. um <laughs> but make my music is um it's one of the very few to i don't think it has a blu-ray release anywhere i think that's actually the only one that doesn't have a blu-ray release in any country it might mm. in like some random region but i don't think it does um it it has only um reappeared on on dvd recently in only a couple of countries in um australia i believe it never even got a vhs release so i'm not sure how you would watch it there um <laughs> but yeah so it's it's interesting but i think the reason is um the reason they um censored the dvds when it when they first came out is probably the same reason it's not on disney plus and it's the first segment uh the hatfields and the coys which i'm not sure why they say the coys because it's very obviously the hatfields and the mccoys which is like a big um you know uh american history thing like two rival people they did a, a mini series i i can't remember what channel did it but nicole was in it um you know they've they've Hatfield and mccoy's is kind of like a, a part of american lore since however long ago um but basically the it, it features a lot of gun violence um a lot more than i remember that's for sure um a lot mm-hmm. of physical violence so I, i'm not surprised it's not there but i'm not sh- i don't know if it's like worse than some of the very questionable things that come up in the 50s um, but i guess it depends that's kind of it's kind of the opposite in europe i guess where where europe um is kind of more resistant to like violence while more freely looking at like sexual things when it comes to like censoring um in america kind of the opposite it's like very like violence is usually quite easy to get through but when it comes to like any like sexual hints of anything they they tend to get censored so i'm kind of surprised yeah. it's the violence bit that's, that's causing the to, to cut it out but in theory anyway in conclusion it's because of that first segment um that they don't want to include it on disney plus why they can't just put like this has outdated cultural depictions like they do with the other ones i'm honestly not sure and i think it deserves to be there i mean it, it's you know it's it's not like it's one of their like side projects that like never really took off. Like it's one of their fifty eight. It's if they they put it into their animated canon. like we didn't do that. Mm-hmm. That was them. Yeah, so <laughs> so <laughs> why 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 it's why it's hiding? Um I honestly, no one really knows for sure, but that is the the general consensus because when it was first released um in various places on like VHS and DVD, that scene was cut. um in the u k. it is back in the disc. Um, I believe in the US-Canada release it is as well, but I'm not sure where else it's been released. It, it's kind of something that they've just um, excuse me, let go and just kind of forgotten about, which mm. um, I think is unfortunate, even if it's bad, which I don't think it is. But um, it's certainly aspects of it are forgettable, but I, I, I don't understand the decision um, to hide it from, from the world, because why you know again it's not well the thing that really bugs me and, and that i can't get over is that it it's one affair it's it, it's in their canon they've released it you know in the uk releases um all the like spines have like a number like what number the film is and it, it says number eight like they're not pretending it's not part of the the canon um mm. so i i don't understand the decision to not put it on disney plus um hopefully it will be soon because i think it's worth seeing from a historical standpoint and seeing how disney got through the 40s but yeah, yeah that's um, it, that's my just... very long-winded explanation as to why it's not on Disney Plus. <laughs> Sorry, I just I I got all fired up.
0: No, no, that's all right. And yeah, I I I agree with you really. I think that it's there is nothing in it that was kind of so offensive that you would think this you know, this needs to be completely taken off or or not kind of on Disney Plus. Like the we we'll get into kind of talking about the the segments in a, in a bit, but i can see i can see why and like the the, the violence in that first short is, is pretty like it's pretty full-on in places oh yeah it um, is yeah but yeah like why it can't just kind of like be on disney plus like with a caveat i think that there are far worse things mm-hmm. in some of the other disney films in terms of kind of problematic uh cultural depictions and stuff like that and um as i understand that that first segment was um quite kind of controversial or perhaps offensive to um to uh people in kind of the mountain regions in america so in the ozarks and the appalachian people and that yeah. sort of thing so i i get that but yeah i don't i it's yeah, basically just echoing what you say. I think that I can't there's nothing in that that kind of makes me think oh this this shouldn't be on Disney Plus when all the others are just for there to be one missing. It's just quite that's also just quite irritating like if someone wants to watch yes all of them yeah it's not it's not there and I had to I, I mean it, it wasn't too difficult to get hold of because there is a DVD release um but this was one that i had to spend actual money on uh to, to
1: watch on, on top of the um, subscription you already pay you know um exactly is it good enough to go out of your way to spend a decent amount of money on uh perhaps not um but yeah. but you know what's what's the point of having a service disney i'm asking you because obviously you're listening to us um because we're we're, we're world <laughs> famous and world renowned by this point um you know w- why like why not like there are there are worse things that you've left on there um and (laughs) it's not like compared to compared to what kids can get access to these days i i really don't think it's uh it's that shocking um but i will say at the time um because I, I, in a bit, I guess we'll get into the history, I'll, I'll get into the history of Make My Music. And frankly, there's extremely little to talk about. Um, There's a, there's, <laughs> there's some interesting stuff for fun and fancy free, but Make My Music is very much like, actually, I might as well just say it now. It's very much of its day. They were looking to bridge that gap Um, because again, like I was saying last time, you know, in the war, they lost a lot of their people to the draft. So they had to go join the war. So they were, they lost a lot of staff. And obviously there's a lot of financial restraint because everyone has to scale things back Uh, during the war effort. Um so they made a package film where well, they made six. This is one of them and honestly that's that's kind of it. The one interesting thing about it is that it has um a pretty uh big cast of like big names at the time in contemporary music. You've got Benny Goodman, you've got Dinah Shore who's also in Final Fantasy Free, and some others that will I'll I'll mention it when each segment comes up. Um but yeah, make my music is. Unfortunately, I um I got so into my my talk that I forgot about why I started talking about it. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, no, it it's basically there's there's not a whole lot there to the history of. Oh, actually, this is it. Um, the reviews at the time were were pretty mixed because, like you were saying, the um that or that first sequence, sequence sorry, um, was not to everyone's taste and people were quite put off by the intense violence of it and the representations in it. Um. So yeah, that 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 sequence kind of sunk them. So I, I get why they're trying to hide it, but but also nowadays, you know, uh, how many years later? Almost 70 plus years later, it doesn't really make sense. It's pretty tame. It's extremely tame, actually, I would say, by today's standards. So uh, mm. and it's not like it's um it, it's not racist or like sexist or like horrible. Well, a little sexist. Um, but <laughs> it's not. You know, it's not like hugely like it's not hugely offensive to a group of people. Um. It's not like a horrifying stereotype being portrayed, although you could argue of like people who live in in mountains, but that's not really the same thing, you know. Um, it's not the same kind of deep seated stuff that we'll see in stuff like Peter Pan and um Alice, from, uh, not Alice in Wonderland, Lady and the Tramp. So mm-hmm. if those are there, uh, as they should be, I I don't know why this one isn't. But anyway, I guess that's an extra extended rant plus um some extremely <laughs> brief history on make my music because honestly. If you get the opportunity to watch it, or if you've seen it, you probably understand that there's not, uh, uh, there's just not a whole lot to 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 get into about the history of it. It's not like Salados, where there's this whole thing about um, propaganda and and what that means and that impact on Disney that, that it's interesting to talk about. Make My Music is just like a bunch of shorts stuck together to keep the studio afloat, and it did that because people liked it, mm. so it, it did its job.
0: Yeah, it very like it very much feels like this is exactly the kind of film that or the the only kind of film really that disney could have made at that time given their given their resources or lack of resources um and that's that's kind of really all there is all there is to say about it i was having a look at like could i find anything interesting and i think once we actually get into the shorts there's a couple of interesting like little bits but yeah basically you know, as you've said, this kind of came like or was being made like around the time of World War Two, when obviously like they lost a lot of manpower and resources, and mm-hmm. they had uh, something that I've read was that they had so many kind of like unfinished ideas that were too long for shorts and too short for features. So yeah, the the solution was to kind of you know package them all together into these films and and that's what we've got and there is a, like a obviously there is a theme to this and that theme is um music um and as the uh, imdb description tells us it is animation done to contemporary popular music
1: that's exactly um, that's that's a really good one very short yeah. but <laughs> this film is literally 10 shorts played to music i mean <laughs>
0: yes that's that is it and it's like well it does kind of I read that was like reading the back of the DVD case and it kind of it it bigs itself up like a little bit too much it's like in the great tradition of Fantasia comes another Disney like musical adventure and I'm like this film could not hold a candle to Fantasia like not, do not mention not even two. like a
1: lighter flame like not even no. like a match no it, it, no
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, I, I can understand why they've done that and there are similarities and you know there's some kind of connections between those that yeah. those films that we will get into, but Fantasia this is not. And I think it's it's clear, particularly in the animation style in the in, in this film and in a lot of the shorts, I found the animation quite sort of it's quite crudely drawn, it's mm. quite basic. Um there are some moments of of you know great animation as you know you would come to expect in a Disney film but it is on the whole it does you know feel like you are watching a collection of shorts that have all been kind of like you know plopped together because that's all they can do yeah and for that reason I guess it's an interesting it's an interesting kind of moment in Disney's history where it's obviously with the kind of like the backdrop of the war and everything that was happening with the strike and the you know the the lack of resources that we've kind of spoken about in previous episodes um all of that kind of being the reason why we have this film or i guess the reason why we have any of these kind of package films um because this was this was all they could do it was a strange it was a strange time for disney and this is a very strange uh collection of films and yeah, let's 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 get into it. I'm ready to I'm ready to break this film down. And just yeah, um,
1: well well one note before we tear it to shreds. Um, yeah, <laughs> this, <laughs> like like basically just an, an addition to what you were just saying is like the studio wouldn't exist if they weren't able mm. to make these and put these together to to make money because. This is, you know, they did do well and they did lead to enough money to 1950 was when the package films end with the very um, famous and beloved Cinderella. And then from there, you know, that's kind of where they Cinderella is like their kind of rebirth back into the kind of things that they wanted to be doing. Um, But they never would have got to Cinderella and they never would have got any further if it wasn't for these package films. So historically, Mm. they're important. And, and, you know, if you're a completionist or you're intrigued, you know, give them give them give them a look but yes let's let's yeah. get into it let's 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 pique people's interest or perhaps turn them wildly off
0: <laughs> okay let's let's go all right so the first one we've we've spoken about it a little bit it's actually called uh the martins and the coys i was going to correct you when you were talking but i thought i would
1: well d- didn't what i you, didn't, uh... didn't i say that the actual thing is mccoy's but they say it's the maybe i didn't that's what i meant to say
0: it's um the the thing that it's based oh, it's on I believe... the
1: McCoys, isn't it
0: yeah, but the short in the actual Disney, in the film itself, is called The Martins and the Coys. Well, here I am,
1: um, telling absolute nonsense <laughs> to the world. My apologies. Thank you for the expression.
0: <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. It's I can see you were, you were going even deeper. You were looking at the true story. You're yeah. not interested in seeing this <laughs> short about it. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, this one is in the, the country ballad style. Um so each each segment, uh, it tells you, I believe, at the start yep. that there's ten. Um, oh, it says a musical fantasy in ten parts. So we kind of know, we're counting down as we go. And then each one is introduced with uh, the style of music or the style of song that it is. Uh, we get the title and we get the person or people singing it as well. Um. So each one kind of very much stands as its own like little short. Each one kind of tells you who is in it and, and what you're getting. So... This one is um, it's basically it centers around a family feud between these two families who kind of live on uh, opposite sides of a the mountain. There's kind of like a valley between them, and they basically just go at it all day. They are fighting. They are shooting each other. These two families hate each other. Um, and it's pretty bleak. Um, they, they all die. They all... <laughs> they all die (laughs) that's spoiler alert they yeah (laughs) they all shoot each other and die um bar one woman and one man on each side who inevitably uh, fall in love and then they marry they have a little dance and a party and then they end up um Beating the crap out of each other yes. forever.
1: it's it's it, you know it is it's um it's very dated and I this yes. so again this is the reason we think or most people assume and kind of guess that it's not um on Disney Plus. They've never confirmed mm-hmm. why. Um, but this is why most people think because they did censor it before and cut it entirely from previous versions. Um, yeah, I actually think I actually like it. Um, I think it's fun. I think it's kind of clever. I like how so basically they're all shooting at each other they all die um but they're like up in the clouds and then even they're like each each family like the martins are on one cloud and the koi's are on another cloud and they're still fighting each other in uh, it's uh, some sort of heaven it's not like a typical heaven that's like normally drawn out they're just like kind of on top of some clouds um and then they're still fighting and then when they see the two of them falling in love the um the the man and the woman who are the only ones left and you'd think they'd be more sad about it but they seem absolutely fine with everything that's going on um (laughs) they're furious they're so angry that they're falling in love they're so angry that they're getting married they're so angry that they're doing this dance but then plot twist they i guess hate each other uh and they they physically beat each other up um and then i've never seen such a rapturous um response to domestic violence before because everyone on these these clouds is ecstatic to see them beating the crap out of each other so i i yeah i guess when you talk about it, it, (laughs) it it makes sense why it's not there but it should still be there because it's not like it's just weird for Disney. Like, I feel like if it was any other company, it would be available to watch. But like, Disney's very. I guess they're becoming more sensitive to the 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 past. Um. Mm. And, and whether I mean we don't need to get into the debate because we kind of talked about it back in the Fantasia episode of of whether of, about censorship and stuff. Um. But yeah, mm. I don't get it. Put it put it put it on Disney because people should watch it because it's it's good. It's well. It's it's interestingly animated. Um. There's some neat stuff in there. It's um it is it is rough and, and crude like you say, but I think I think it still looked good and it's 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 fun to watch. Um, there's actually kind of like a shot that kind of um foreshadows like eighty years in the future, like first person shooters, because you have this shot of the um the guy looking down his sights and you can see like him like you don't see him but you see the gun and you see where it's pointing and you see it's pointing at like the silhouette of the woman he falls in love with, which I thought was kind of a neat very like ahead of its time kind of kind of shot. Um hmm. but yeah, I'm I don't know what else there is to say. I mean, that's basically the whole story. They hate them. They hate each other. They hate the fact that they're falling in love with each other. And then they're really happy because they actually don't like each other and beat each other up. So the, yeah. f- the feud will <laughs> live on. And, it, and it's, it should be said that, again, when we talk about music. It's sung. Um, like, the no one speaks in the actual thing. They're all like, well, they do, don't they? They do speak. Yeah. Yeah, they do speak. But, like, the overarching story is told through, like, a singing narrator. Narrators, like a lot of people seeing,
0: yeah. It's 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 very like I didn't. There's there's worse um segments in this film, so this kind of if I was to rank them, this would kind of sit um in the middle ish, I think. Um, I I was just I was quite uh taken aback by it because obviously, this is I should have mentioned this is the first time I've watched this film, so. I didn't really know what to expect other than that it was a collection of shorts. And this is quite a, I mean, it's quite a bold start. You're sort of like, okay, I get it, you know. Family feud, like, there's a lot of kind of, like, gun violence and stuff, which is, you know, maybe why that Disney have decided not to put it on Disney+. Plus, Yeah. But- and then it it's just it, it's quite it's quite bleak. And then you're sort of like, oh, it's it's, it's kind of cute actually. Like you know, it's a bit of a bit of a Romeo and Juliet kind of situation. They're on like warring families, yep. and now they're like happy and married, and that's kind of cute. Um, and then no, they just like it just ends with these. Like you, I should mention you don't actually see anything, so it is very kind of like, um.
1: You like see, tom you and jerry see, style violence like, isn't it you like, see him like running into her fist but you don't actually see yeah. you just see the fist like you don't and you don't like, yeah you don't see him beat her up or vice versa you kind of it's more suggested
0: yeah yeah it's it's that kind of like cartoon tom and jerry style violence where it's very like much so big kind of like you know explosions and stuff happening in the house as they're kind of like beating each other up but yeah i was just it, it just it took me aback a little bit and i was i yeah it's okay
1: um it's memorable yeah, I, I i'll think, give it that
0: yeah of of all of them i can at least remember like what happens in this one um whereas there are some that i if i didn't have my notes in front of me i would not know what happens in them
1: yeah um, it's worth noting too that we've watched these like within the last 24 hours and that's just the impact yes. that some of these bits have
0: yeah yeah I think like in a week, I will not remember any of these yeah.
1: <laughs> all right um i, I do you have do we have anything I don't have anything else to add on martins and the coys
0: um just uh, just very quickly, but the the kind of the style um of song that is used in this is i was listening to um as a, a really i don't want to recommend other podcast series but um there's a really good podcast series called dolly parton's america and in that there's like a whole episode or like chunk of an episode where they talk about how kind of like violent country music is mm-hmm. um and there's a lot of songs about kind of like men like killing their wives and you know throwing them in the river and all that wow. sort of thing so yeah it's pretty wild um and this yeah it kind of does fit into that uh like i guess small subgenre of country music yeah no where it's it, like yeah
1: that's a good point
0: they're violent and not uh you know necessarily what we would consider as uh yeah
1: it's certainly it's certainly not <laughs> what you would associate with like modern day country music
0: yes and uh, definitely not what you would associate with disney either it's quite i I think that's pretty much
1: exactly why that they want people to forget about it but then you can't also claim it as part of your canon and then tell people to forget about it 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 just doesn't there's there's just a disconnect there i don't get it
0: yeah we're gonna keep bringing this up disney and you will
1: listen to us (laughs) just, just put it in like honestly not that many people are gonna watch it anyway yeah, it's not like uh, it's not like a Snow White or like a Little Mermaid is missing, you know, like it. it but like just whatever. Anyway,
0: <laughs> next, <laughs> let's move on. Next okay? up, yes, we have uh, the next one is called uh, Blue Bayou, and it is subtitled as a tone poem. Um, this is a. I mean, there's not a story to this one at all. It's just kind of my my um, my notes. Very... My
1: notes were some herons fly, and it's night.
0: Yeah. Yes, but um, that is very similar to mine. <laughs> it's like there's nice blues. Uh, the animation is pretty. It's lots lovely. of reflections.
1: Yeah.
0: Birds. Um. So the interesting thing that we can tell you about this, and so this will make sense, I think, when you kind of understand where this particular sequence was supposed to be originally. So the thing that I was reading, and I hope this is true and not the internet lying to me, um. That, that this. True, uh, I mean. At least it, it, anima- it's not
1: a lie, it is true. Carry on. <laughs> oh, okay,
0: great, great, great. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that the animation used in the uh, Blue Bayou sequence was originally created for a deleted sequence from Fantasia. Um, I believe there was meant to be a, a Claire de Lune sequence, yep. um, and this animation was going to accompany that. So it was kind of animation left over from that period, yep. I guess, that was cut out from like an entire sequence of Fantasia. And the animation in this sequence is noticeably different, um, particularly from from the f- where it kind of sits, actually. It's very different from the one that we've just spoken about, and it's very different to the one that follows it. Um, and it, even though it's, it is kind of like, it's a bit nothing, like nothing nothing really happens, it's very pretty to look at. And it, and... it
1: feels like, um. it also feels like it wasn't made for Bambi, but it feels like it could have been like a scene, like a, a moment in Bambi. Cause like there's yeah, very yeah. like painted, beautiful, expressive backgrounds and like the herons look very much, um, they don't look like cartoon animals, you know, they look like they would fit in like the backdrops in Bambi and they, they, I, I think it would have been a lovely sequence if they expanded upon it and put it in Fantasia.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I, I did kind of like have that moment of thinking like what this could have, what this could have looked like as part of Fantasia. And I, I mean, I love Fantasia so much that if they were to add like another half hour onto that, I would not be mad at all. Um. So yeah, I, and you know, you always sort of think of like what could have been as well. Like if if this sequence had stayed in Fantasia, would it be a lot more well known, a lot more beloved? But obviously, it's it is where it is, but it still exists. And I think actually, of all the kind of, there's some similar sequences in this film of kind of nothing much really happens. It's just kind of pretty stuff to look at, and there isn't really a story. Yep. I think of all of those in this film, this is probably my favorite um yeah
1: of, of the ones that like ones. <laughs> are just some music with pretty pictures
0: yeah For yeah because sure. there's there's a couple of others that we'll get to later where there's there's one called without you there's one called uh, there's the the silhouettes one and uh i'm pretty sure there's another one as well i think no i think that's it actually where it's just kind of like nothing much but pretty stuff to look at and nice music and of those three this is the best mm-hmm. i would argue and arguably the best animated as well. This sequence, I think.
1: Yeah. Oh, it, it's it's probably the best looking moment, maybe except mm. um after you've gone, which is the one where the instruments are like running around. I think that's really really creative and, and neat. But in terms of like, if you're gonna frame one on your wall, it would probably be the Blue Bayou one.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I don't really have anything else to. Add,
1: no, we can we can <laughs> um... go on to um all the cats join in.
0: All the cats join in, which I'd like to flag as being misleading because I thought it was going to be actual cats, and me, me um, it
1: isn't. Um, oh, actually, <laughs> I was we like, probably flag. Um, Blue Bayou is probably like three minutes long. It's it's very short. Like uh, yes, most of the ones in the, like the first half of this, most of them are like a few minutes in length. Um, but anyway, mm. yes, all the I think all the cats join in is like just under five minutes.
0: Yeah, and okay, so this one is similar animation style i guess to the martins and the coys um the human characters in it i i didn't really like the way that they were drawn and animated in this i, I felt very kind of basic to me um but it is subtitles as like a, a jazzy interlude and it is just that really it's like a bunch of kids kind of um meeting together going and having having a dance there's quite a nice um like visual kind of motif in this with the the pencil yep. that is drawing Bringing the scene and we yeah we kind of see that a little bit in um the watercolors of brazil sequence in Saludos, but this is a much more kind of basic pared down version of that i think but it there were some quite nice moments with that where it was like the pencil was kind of like rushing to keep up with the characters and i liked that stuff but i i on the whole thought this this sequence was a bit nothing but do you uh what do you think well, about?
1: it's interesting because, um, this is kind of the first one that brings in a, a big name, uh, which is Benny Goodman, who at the time was known mm-hmm. as the King of Swing, um, quite a progressive dude, actually, during, um, racial segregation in the United States, he led one of the first integrated, uh, jazz groups, um, which is pretty mm. cool, but he's, he's a pretty big deal, um, certainly at the time was kind of like one of the big names in, in jazz, um. So yeah, it it's pretty cool to have him involved. He's also involved in um After You've Gone, which is the eighth uh segment. But yeah, this one it's it's nice. What I want to I like I like the style of it. I like it's very fast-paced and very um quirky and 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 fun and it is very jazzy. I think it's it's one of the ones that does the best integrating with the actual music. If that makes sense. Like it 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 feels yeah. kind of like the music has come to life in in this and and it feels very well. They feel very well suited to one another, the the imagery and the in the music. Uh, which i don't actually think you can say of all of them um but certainly this one does a good job of that also they all go to like this malt shop where they get like milkshakes and and have the time of their lives and i want to go to a malt (laughs) shop like that they they make malt shops seem very cool um and kudos to them for making me very much craving a milkshake because i could devour one (laughs) um but yeah no it's it's fun it's it's neat um I would say actually it's one of the ones that you should you should look for if you don't want to watch the thing just because I think it's it's creative and it's fun and the music is really good and also it's like five minutes so it, it's not like it's gonna take up that much of your time
0: yeah, there's uh, like I feel like I'm gonna say this with all of them, but there's like there are certainly worse ones in this, and it there's stuff happening it's quite like it's quite vibrant, it's colorful um I guess it's just i'm i'm it's quite shocking to see disney characters that are drawn in a way that is very very different to what i'm used to yeah especially when you go from like like,
1: snow white and pinocchio
0: god yeah i mean that's like that's it's quite it's quite the come down but i think there's still like there's still like creativity and there's there's quite a like there's a vibrancy to this sequence and you know what you're saying as well and that uh, of perhaps all the sequences this is the one where kind of like the music best fits the animation and that's something that you know we've spoken about quite a bit particularly you know obviously with Fantasia but also in in their other films that disney is really great at kind of matching up the the sounds and the songs and the music with the with the animation and it really does feel like these these two fit together very very well in that sense um yeah. there was a, a I, i'm a bit unclear on whether it used to be worse and has now been you know censored slightly but there's a slightly controversial moment in this as well so we see a um age undisclosed but we'll assume kind of teenage uh, or kind of young adult mm-hmm. girl and she kind of like hops in and out of the shower and yeah i would say her coverings are not you know super modest um <laughs> There is I was gonna use the term side boob, but then I <laughs> it, I was like, it I works. I thought better of it. Yeah, yeah. I, we it's kind of similar to what you get in Fantasia in that it's like very obviously like women's breast, but it's also quite brief. It's not it's not kind of lingered upon, but it's quite it's still quite shocking to see it in a Disney film. Um and I was reading a little bit about this as well, that that it, originally some parts of it were censored so i don't know if the version that i saw was kind of like the uncut version mm-hmm. or whether there is like another version that exists somewhere but yeah I, I, when compared to things now it obviously seems quite tame but i guess at the time like particularly in that it was depicting teenage characters that you know perhaps people thought that you know this this isn't right or this is a bit inappropriate yeah. but yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah, it's definitely, I, don't I, know. I mean, the thing about, like, Make My Music is that so much of it is kind of, like, shrouded by Disney that it, honestly, it's quite difficult to say whether it's been edited down or not, because pretty much all the mm. other ones, you can find, like, a definitive um what's changed, if it's changed, and, and how it's changed, but with this and the package ones, they're kind of, uh, in a lot of ways, a, a mystery, um, so it, it, who knows, is, is the real answer, probably the people who animated way back then, um, and they didn't tell anyone, so... <laughs> I don't know how you would ever know, <laughs> but it 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 is an interesting note because it, it it um you know it it does have a the film does have quite a bit of an edge to it um and mm. that's definitely one of the examples um do we have anything I don't have anything else to say about all the cats it's cute check it out
0: <laughs> I thought it was okay yeah you can check it out or not it'll it'll um...
1: it, it, it it does what it's there to do which is take five yeah. minutes of time so they can get to the runtime they need so they can make the film so they can make money.
0: that's it it does it does what it sets out to do and there's not really much to to add to it so okay let's go let's get to the next one all right yeah i'll I'll
1: just preface it's sung by um andy andy russell (laughs) um who um was a big american singer of mexican descent at the time um and he specialized in in pop and, and latin music he was actually quite a big deal he sold 8 million records in the 1940s um so he was people knew who he was uh, at the beginning of his career I think like people would say that his fame rivaled people like Frank Sinatra um however I do not know who he is um my only note for this oh the segment's called without you um and my only note for this was I'd imagine this is very lovely if you know who Andy Russell is but I do not
0: <laughs> that is fantastic and yeah my my notes do not extend much further than that to be honest it's I I wrote the, the the you know, the kind of subtitle it's given, which is a ballad in blue. Um, and that's pretty much it. But I can honestly say that nothing happens nothing. in this segment. Uh, it's this is like... one of the ones
1: with rain. Unfortunately I can't hear the rain, but I'd like to think there's rain around you right now. But this this one has rain. Yeah, yeah. That's that's all I the rain looks okay. That's all I remember. I, <laughs> I have nothing. I honestly I don't know if I have anything else to add. It's like some images um with him singing a song. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs>
0: We're really failing on this. I one. <laughs> watched it
1: in the last twenty-four hours, and I, 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 don't remember anything except the rain and the fact that he sings. It's, it's a few. It's like a couple minutes long. It is mm-hmm. totally forgettable and very obviously there as stiller.
0: Yes, completely. Like if some, if someone was to show me, uh, I watched this yesterday. If someone was to show me a still like from this sequence, I would not remember what it was. It would be a very hard part quiz. This.
1: I would I'm not even sure I just watched it I'm not even sure I could tell you like if, if I saw the <laughs> still I don't think I'd be like oh that's from make my music um yeah. do we have do we have anything else to say or shall we move on
0: <laughs> no I've got absolutely nothing else to yeah. say about this it, 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 is, it is it's, just filler there. It, in it's the very obvious what form. it is
1: and what it's trying to do and but also at the same time it's interesting because you lose that historical context because we don't we don't know who Andy Russell is but Andy Russell at the time if you listen to this and or watch this would probably be very excited to hear him sing.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think very this this sequence, perhaps like more than any others, like really places it in that time period because yeah, for sure we don't know who this guy is. We it's it, even even now, like you know, you say like he was kind of like a big name at the time, but that's not a name that has kind of like lasted to now. I'm sure there's people who are you know maybe there's someone listening to this like Who's you shut furious. your mouth. he's is the greatest, but they have nothing. Yeah, they, have, they have like an Andy livid. Russell
1: statue andy russell like memorabilia <laughs> everywhere but yeah apologies to andy russell fans but this does yeah. absolutely nothing for me and it feels very much like it's designed to pad the running time completely right.
0: yeah uh, yeah let's that's, move that's fun. so the next one is um I, I don't have the like the run times of the shorts right to hand but this seems like one of the longer ones and it's another one that kind of tells feels like a bit it. of a story <laughs> yeah it feels long uh so this one is called casey at the bat it is a musical recitation um it's not really it's not even really a song it's kind of like a a poem yeah. a poem of sorts um i really disliked this one me me too um it
1: is okay so this one is um narrated slash sung by jerry colonna who was also again a big deal at the time um he was one of bob Hill, well, sorry Bob hope's sidekicks in his uh really popular radio sh- radio shows of the forties and fifties, but again, I don't think he's someone who people uh, again apologize to all the hardcore Jerry Clona fans who are listening. <laughs> um I don't think he's someone who has um is is a big deal nowadays um so mm-hmm. that you kind of lose, but you don't necessarily need to know who he is because there is a narrative here um and it's it's a it's a base- it's a it's all at a baseball field um basically they're playing baseball um casey (laughs) is like a big deal all these women are like kissing him and they're all obsessed with him um there's loads of angry fans which i found amazing um basically he like he swings once oh sorry before this like a couple people it's basically like a very um it feels probably the closest to like the silent comedy kind of stuff like it's very like Mm -hmm. slapstick very like vaudevillian kind of like actions and movements that they're doing um and they're playing baseball. Casey comes up to bat, which is literally the title. Um, he like swings, he misses, he gets a strike, and then what? My only bit that I really like and remember from this um is this woman in the um stands who's furious that that happens. So she takes out a hairpin um from her from her hair and, and threatens to kill the umpire with it. So I I I thought that was um wild, bold, um unexpected for a Disney movie and really quite funny. Um. But then what happens is, like, he, like, blows wind and then it, like, weirdly dissolves. Like, the screen dissolves and then they fade into, like, some birds in a forest. Yeah. Like, if you had told me this, if you would describe this to me without me watching it, I'd probably think you were making it up and just trying to to mess with me. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's really <laughs> weird. He, like, he, like, blows and goes, like, and then we transition to some birds, like, this village uh then we go back to the baseball field it's pouring rain he like struck out and then he's like crying and it ends it's like a really like (laughs) it's so weird it makes no sense i'm kind of excited we're both like pretty big sport fans so i think we were we were Mm -hmm. you know i'm i'm always here for like old i love you know good old-fashioned sports film and, and, and i was excited to watch disney take on like sports in a short i thought it would be fun it wasn't i want my money back nope um it's yeah actually probably <laughs> i don't know if it's my least favorite but it's definitely down there
0: is of of the ones that of the ones that have like a story and i'm using air quotes um it's probably my least favorite me, Just... me too
1: of, of the ones that have uh, stories anyway i'm not sure where i, I don't know where my yeah. ranking would be because like i don't even know if you can rank them even though they're all part of the same thing because they're all so different um
0: yeah exactly yeah but yeah
1: i i have um watch it for the or try and find the like little like few second clip of the woman threatening someone with the hairpin because i think that's funny um otherwise you you don't need to watch this
0: no and it's like i mean i took uh minor offense to it like right at the beginning there's like a line that's like ladies don't know baseball they're just there for like looking at the the players and i'm like i am a lady who likes baseball and i am
1: offended by that <laughs> it's, it's, well <laughs> you know it is worth saying that this film absolutely has antiquated um ideas of how women should exist and that's very clear in this one as well because you you know you see that typical like all these women like have nothing else to do except fawn over this casey guy who has no idea they exist like when you first Mm -hmm. see him you don't even see him you see like four girls covering him trying to kiss him uh and then they move away and (laughs) and you see him and honestly like he's 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 not that great to look at um
0: I, yeah i was just about to say like actually there's like all this build-up to being like oh my god like they're all like kc kc like they are hyped to see yeah this they're guy. like and he's like, like an
1: adonis of a man like the the hero the world needs yeah and he looks like uh i don't know none, i don't I actually don't even remember what he looks like he's not like that memorable
0: <laughs> i was like all right bit of eye candy like this is gonna be great yeah. and then he comes out something and I'm like, to entertain is me in these it? trying times <laughs> yeah. yeah i my my final note for this was all caps me writing crap so oh I wrote I wrote in caps dog. LOL what
1: Because I like this, this It's one of the weirdest things I honestly think That they've done in their entire history When like it all of a sudden goes from A baseball field dissolves into like this village You can see like a village From afar these birds that kind of look like They've been ripped from Snow White um, Tweeting and, and, and moving around and then we go Back to um, Him like crying alone in the baseball Field when it's like pouring rain and he struck out And they lose it's so weird um honestly you know what i i would actually say it's worth seeing just because it is so strange don't expect to enjoy it Mm -hmm. maybe you will um anyway i think we should move on (laughs) because i i'm bored even talking about it
0: (laughs) yeah very just one very quick thing about the you saying like the um where it kind of just like transitions to like the birds and, and this scene that like doesn't seem in any way connected true story as i was watching it i legitimately thought that i had like a lapse in concentration and it had like started the next me short. too <laughs> so i <laughs> i had to rewind it because i was like um a, a crucial thing i was like i need to have like all of the like the names of the shorts listed and kind of like what they are and you're so like oh I was, no like, i seriously missed one making notes yeah, so I like rewound it and was like, Did I miss the title of this one? Or like what's <laughs> happened as it moved on to the next one? And then I was like, Oh, the wait, this is still this is still the same thing and I don't understand how we got from A to B, but yeah, here we are. Um, yeah, I was
1: like, Did it yeah. skip ahead? Did I fall asleep? What is happening?
0: Yeah. But no, it's very
1: much the same one. Um so next up is uh two silhouettes and this is where we get yes. the wonderful Dinosaur, who again was a big deal and was a name that I instantly recognized. I couldn't tell you from where, um, but I know she, she was a huge singer at the time. And she, she's one of the more enduring names, I think, along with like Benny Goodman, Mm -hmm. um, when you're looking at it now, Um, she also sings one of the two um, and narrates one of the two segments in Fun and Fancy Free. So she's our, she's our big connection this week between the two films. Yes. Um, But this one's called, uh, if I haven't said, I can't remember two silhouettes, um, which is extremely literal. Um, it's two silhouettes (laughs) of two people dancing. I believe they're not animated. They're real dancing, real dancers, and they're just silhouettes, um, Uh in, like, animated backdrops. Um, there's some, there's some lovely colors. I wrote, actually, that's exactly what I wrote. Um, some lovely colors. I won't remember this. And guess what? I don't. (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, I, the one interesting thing i did find about this and you may know this already um is that the the two ballet dancers uh whose names i don't have to hand but they previously served as dance models for the alligator and the hippo in fantasia oh wow
1: that is so, that is very cool
0: yeah yeah so this is their this is their second uh disney appearance and i believe the animation was created using like rotoscope technique where they did the kind of dance obviously as live action and then the animators kind of like drew over that to create the effect that we see so it it was okay like when i saw yeah like when it started and kind of like there was these beautiful kind of like pink and purple colors and i was like oh i'm really gonna like this but then i felt i felt like some of the like the the cherubs and like some of the animation i felt kind of cheapened it a little bit like i would have just liked to have seen these kind of you know two silhouette ballet dancers Dancing against kind of like beautiful like colored backgrounds and stuff. I didn't. I it, it, it tried to do too much. I feel. I feel like
1: and the it, silhouettes. I, I feel like just show them. Yeah. Maybe they didn't have the. Maybe yeah. that would have been too um expensive to do.
0: Yeah, perhaps. I. I just. Yeah. I, I. It was beautiful colors, and I. i The dancing is nice, I guess, and I. I just kind of wish the animation was a bit more refined. I think it was. I think it could have been a lot better than it was, um, but they're very talented dancers they yeah, were very technically you know, impressive yeah and nice i guess to see what their 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 bodies look like instead of them being models for alligators and yeah. hippos in
1: fantasia but, um yeah, yeah. It, it's worth noting that we are now <laughs> six of the 10 segments into fun and up uh, not fun and fancy free Oops. make my music and we haven't really said anything positive <laughs> i do think uh that's probably about to change as we get into peter and the wolf and we probably will make this like a seven hour podcast because we we just have so much Mm. um but peter and the wolf i think is is, sorry um, no i love it um it's you're not the only one responsible (laughs) believe me um so this one's narrated by sterling holloway again our lovely man sterling holloway who becomes winnie the pooh um he is in the, sorry, the cheshire cat in alice in wonderland so it won't be too long before we see him again um his okay. voice is magic and honestly it, it really brings a lovely warmth um to peter and the wolf also um yeah. i think this one's worth all i'll really say about it i do like it and it, it's a very straightforward it's the story of peter and the wolf you probably know it already you've actually there's a, probably a decent chance you have seen if not this whole short already images from it because i think it's probably the most famous uh segment from this film. Um but what's interesting is mm-hmm. this is kind of the only time we really dive into the the themes of Disney um because we get sidekicks, um Peter has his bird, we get man and nature and there. Well that that's kind of an I, I think you could argue that's in every single Disney film and, and it's 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 throughout this one as well. Um but like it's it's more obvious here. It's very much literal man versus nature, it's Peter, you know, versus the wolf. Um and we actually get a Disney death um because there is the bird Sonia um or the duck sonia um and everyone thinks she mm-hmm. dies um everyone basically they capture the wolf the wolf eats her so they think um and the bird's very sad about it and eventually they get the wolf and everyone's happy but then it goes um after they're all celebrating it goes back to the bird whose name i i, I don't remember um but they're all voiced Sasha, by i think yeah they're all voiced by sterling holloway slash net the whole thing is narrated by him he's the only one. Um, and he's quite sad he's like crying as you do in the disney death you're like crying at the over the paw prints or in this case paw prints because she's been our um footprints or web prints even i'm not sure what you call that <laughs> footprint um but you know he's crying he's crying over the the footprints um because you can't have the body so you can't cry like pinocchio or or snow White did um but then um you know he's crying it's very sad it's over but the duck appears he she was actually alive the whole time so a little disney death is there so this one brings in the themes which which i enjoyed seeing
0: yeah and i think like this it's interesting what you're saying that like you people if they've seen um a, like a part of this film before this will be the one that they've seen and i i did actually yeah i made a note of that i was like i've seen this but i'm not sure when um so i cuz i i've not seen make my music but i've definitely seen just this yeah. sequence in isolation and I think it, it it does quite an interesting thing at the start as well, where it kind of breaks down like the instruments in the orchestra and that them kind of like representing the characters yeah. and that felt a little bit Fantasia to me. It I did. was like, this would not look like, I think if the animation was like slightly more refined, like this, this segment would not look out of place in Fantasia. Um, so that it kind of elevated it a little bit for me and it, does it it tells a very complete story it tells a story that is easy to follow it ticks off those kind of like disney elements like you mentioned in the themes um it is quite a yeah i feel like given i don't know if it could it could extend to a feature i think it could easily be like a a short feature kind of in the like the 40 minute kind of region but i think this could this particular segment could work as like a longer piece but it's quite it's nicely told it's concisely told anything that has sterling holloway's voicing it it is like just top marks in my opinion because i love that man's voice i could listen to him read the phone book like honestly i would like that he has yeah (laughs) he has the best voice um and yeah i think i uh, think that's kind of very effective in using music to tell a story this one which is why it kind of like it gave off those fantasia vibes and in fact now i think about it i feel like this sequence was on i need to fact check this but i feel like it was on the like the copy of fantasia that i watched when i was a child um not as in like part of the film but that it was kind of like it wouldn't have even been a dvd it would have been a video but like that this this was on the same video as fantasia i'm probably po- entirely making that up but you i just have knows. like a yeah, I, I just I I just it seems like the sort of thing I would have like watched at my granddad's as well. We're like along with Fantasia. Yeah. Um but maybe I yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out after the podcast <laughs> if that is right. Um, or if I have just made up that memory from somewhere. Um but yeah, I, I I like this one. I think that uh I don't know if it's my favorite. I think it's the I think it's the best, but not necessarily my favorite, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's um, definitely one of the
1: i w- I would put it in my my top three
0: yes, yeah, I- if we were to rank the segments, which I'm not sure <laughs> we'll have time to do, but if we were to do that, um I think this would probably be in my top my top three or four, um yeah, I don't know if I've got anything else to nah. anything else to add to that, um, but uh, yeah, I like the I like the little bird. i like his yeah, little the yeah the hat. characters
1: are lovely and, and and they have some kind of you know they, they feel not fleshed out because there's not enough time but they feel like they have at least mm-hmm. some traits that you can identify with and and, and enjoy um yeah. so i think it does a, it does a good job um but yeah that's yeah. that's i guess that's it for for peter and the wolf um next yes is after you've gone which is um from the goodman quartet so benny goodman is back and ready for action um this one is lovely it's it's really i think it's actually too short um or maybe it's the perfect length mm. i don't know it's it's only a few minutes long but it's it's essentially it feels this one feels to me like the one if they, if fantasia was going to take a segment it would be this one um because it's like mm. a, it's kind of like a bunch of instruments dancing around and, and you get the sense of like how they are as instruments and they're like dancing around and and moving all about and there's this drum There's this this this, this cool animation i actually like no offense to this segment i don't know if there's anything else to really like it doesn't really warrant that much discussion um but no. I think it's I think it's nice it's it's worth having a I mean honestly I, I recommend watching every Disney film just as because for historical context except maybe the one we're about to talk about um but <laughs> I think I think it's a neat segment um I don't know if you have anything to add I don't really think I have anything else to say it's neat it's cool it's creative and and, and it's fun and it's, it's it's an it's a nice couple minutes in between the two like two more two of the more narrative segments yeah
0: like yeah pretty much that to be honest like I think the Again, like, uh, you know, had the animation been, like, a bit more refined, it would kind of, like, slot nicely into Fantasia. Yeah. I kind of, it reminded me a little bit of the, uh, like, the Me the Soundtrack segment in Fantasia. Yeah. Um. Just for that kind of, like, the characterization of the instruments, I thought was, you know, was quite cute, was quite well done. And it is, yeah, it's too short. I, I did find, like, with a lot of the ones where I was like, oh, I'm enjoying this, and then it was over, and I was like, no. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And because I hadn't seen this film, obviously, it was kind of like, am i gonna get like is the next segment gonna be good or is it gonna be bad and actually the so we're 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 almost at the end of of this film now so the the final two segments in this i actually I yeah, really liked Me too. um so the the next one so segment number nine is um i believe it's called uh, johnny fedora and alice Blue bluebonnet that, is that that's right?
1: it sung by the andrews yeah. sisters
0: and it is, oh God, it's so charming. It's just like this lovely little love story um, between two hats uh, who I are I like... was, I did not
1: remember this segment. I <laughs> like gasped. I thought it was so cute and so clever that it's these two hats who fall in love in a hat shop. It's so sweet. Um, one, it's just so charming. My, my, my key, because again, I, I don't know if it, there's a big discussion to be had about it, but I do think it's lovely. It's actually probably the one I liked the most, except perhaps mm. the next segment but the the last two segments are definitely my my two favorites. Um yeah. But what I find interesting is that they sing that Alice um Blue Bonnet, the other the Lady Hat, if you will, um was bought <laughs> for $23.94. Um so I did some math and looked into the inflation. <laughs> um that is $338 today.
0: What? She's an expensive lady. Which is
1: about 300 pounds. So like this is this is no joke of a hat. Um, I was quite surprised that mm-hmm. he was such a high number in 1946. Um, so she's clearly yeah. a very fancy hat, um, which I was actually really shocked. So so I, I was like, <laughs> I need to know, because what I, what I always wish that films would do that are older, I wish they would include in the subtitles, um, just like a note of like, when they say how much money something is, what the like, whenever they made the subtitles, if it's like recently, how much it is in today's money, because I think You lose a lot of context when you're talking about money in older films, because if someone's like it was $10, you'd be like, okay, $10 does not take a lot of time to earn. But in the 30s or before that, $10 is a lot of money and it takes a lot longer to get something like that. So it's something I I wish they would 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 consider doing. And I think some things do that, but not many. Um, So anyway, I thought it was interesting that this hat um, cost $338 because that's a lot of money.
0: Yeah, I'm glad that you did that research actually because even I when I like heard that number was like that seems like a lot of money for like given the time that this was set. Yeah. Um so she is a she is an opulent cat, <laughs> uh, Alice and... is opulent
1: and you have to assume that um that Johnny <laughs> is similar cuz he's sitting right next to her in the shop. Um Yeah. But yeah, I guess to um to I guess I'll just if you want to go over the narrative a bit, um Johnny uh really goes through it. Um they basically the two of them plan their lives together but then Alice gets bought um and johnny doesn't uh and he eventually gets bought and he really goes through like quite the experience trying to find her um and he gets stomped on and you know he goes into this a a guy picks him up and he goes into this like seedy bar where there's like a a gunfight and like cops break it up and everything um and then he is kind of like at his lowest and someone picks him up and cuts holes into him so i was like well this is the end of of johnny this is going to be even bleaker than casey at the bat um (laughs) <laughs> and uh it turns out they're putting holes in him so he can be a hat for a horse and uh lo and behold i loved this the hat next to him or the horse <laughs> next to him has um alice blue bonnet on her head imagine being so rich that you spend 338 dollars on a, on a hat that you then cut up and put on a horse i love that the op the opulence of it all eat the rich um yeah uh
0: that's so yeah, I mean, I mean, that's, I, mean, that's
1: <laughs> I, I have literally nothing to add. It's a lovely segment. It's beautifully sung. It's, I think, really nicely animated. Um, I think the hat, mm. it, the hats look really great, and and the hats are like filled with personality, which I don't think is an easy thing to do is to animate a, an inanimate object, but they do a great job, I think.
0: Yeah that's something that I've like I've always thought that Disney really excels at in that I was so invested in these like two little hats and I was like oh my gosh I hope they find each other like I just want them to end up like living happily ever after and then I like checked myself and was like it's a hat but yeah (laughs) like they make you care about these hats like they they give them personalities they have cute little faces and that is something that I think disney has done like so consistently i mean we see it like very obviously in beauty and the beast which comes much much later but you know personality has to be given to those inanimate objects and there's i mean there's there's tons of other examples of of things that aren't human but that disney makes human and it reminded me i don't know if you've um seen or recall the i believe it's a pixar short which is called the blue umbrella Mm um and it's it is i I wonder i wonder
1: if there's inspiration taken i wouldn't be surprised because they always they always reference themselves and they always are any animator really i mean anyone who does anything is always looking um back to look forward so Mm. i wouldn't be surprised the blue umbrella is quite heavily influenced because that's actually a really good point that i didn't think about and they are quite they're very similar
0: yeah they're very like narratively similar as well in terms of like the story beats and stuff like you know, they, they kind of, I think their meat cute is their, you know, uh, next to each other on kind of like a busy sidewalk, and then they get separated, and then obviously, you know, they're umbrellas, so they are kind of, you know, at the mercy of the person who is holding them. But they obviously like try and you know find their way back to each other, and it's very kind of like sweet love story. And again, like you're very invested in these you know two inanimate objects, and yeah, that was like one of the 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 first things I thought of. And and they end in kind of similar ways as well. They the way they meet is quite similar, and yeah, like like you said, I would not be surprised at all if the particularly like if you if you're gonna take your inspiration from something, like, go for something like obscure and yeah. like really far back yeah. because it is that you know i think it was 2013 the Blue Yes, umbrella i just, I just was, had um, a look
1: it um it appeared before um Manchester university
0: yes that's right the the short is better than that film arguably um that's another issue for another podcast oh. uh, <laughs> but yeah like it's i completely think that you know whoever came up with the idea for they may have had an awareness of this story or you know I perhaps it's so. just like a lovely coincidence but i do think that it's it's nice to like i always want to watch like the two one after the other and just kind of like see because obviously like huge kind of like advancements in animation and blue umbrella if i remember is like pretty much like photorealistic animation it's really really stunning um and then obviously you know johnny fedora and alice blue bonnet is this you know lovely hand-drawn animation i think it's just nice to see like two Two similar and lovely stories, kind of like so many years apart, and I think that's really sweet. I think that's a, that's a, that's a really um, good point. Yeah, I oh, I really liked this. It kind of like took me by surprise a little bit as well because I Especially was like, where oh, we right, were, like, it was kind stretch. of like yeah, it was
1: kind of like nothing's really happened, and then this lovely story yeah. comes in, and then next up, I'm a bit conscious for time because we do have a whole other film to cover. Although I, I don't have a whole <laughs> lot to say about that one. um me neither. Um, but so the last segment is. The fabulous, um, the whale who wanted to sing at the Met. Um, Nelson Eddy, who was, a again, another name at the time, who I unfortunately I don't think has the same um, name recognition now as he did then. Um, but he sings all of it. He's every character, the narration, all of that. Um, and it's very literal. It's about an actual whale, obviously an animated whale, um, but a whale who um, is an amazing singer and wants to sing at the Met yep uh it's it's delightful it's really fun um surprisingly although it's actually not surprisingly devastating because they do um say that it's a heartbreaking story before they announce the title Mm. so you know it's you know it might not end that well but i i was watching it being like what part is heartbreaking and then you remember that it was all a, a, a dream and he dies
0: <laughs> it's real sad it is. actually, and it, I was like, it I was... Is.
1: Um, my my favorite little, little little joke in it is um Willie as a Mephistopheles, which um I I live for. <laughs> He's like painted red, um serving devil realness, and it's uh it's spectacular. It's really fun. If uh if I would yeah. say if um you probably have more to say on it, but if if you don't want to watch this movie at all, please do yourself a favor and watch." Uh, find I'm sure it's on YouTube and info. Uh, the whale who wanted to sing in the mic. I think yeah, it's,
0: just it's it's it is really delightful and it's like it it does obviously like give you that heads up that it is a, like a sad story and it is and I so wanted it to like I so wanted it to be real like I really wanted this this whale to like have his opera career and you sort of see it like you see the dream you see him like performing on these stages and it's. It's really funny, just because seeing a giant whale singing opera is inherently funny, and it's it does that like really cool thing of like the the newspaper headlines as well, and there's some great kind of like visual gags in those headlines if you can like pause it and 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 read mm-hmm. those. they're really funny um but you kind of know that obviously this this isn't gonna isn't gonna end well, and yeah, it's like it's it's all in his head this like lovely singing career that he has and uh due to a kind of a misunderstanding i guess of of this guy who is called tetty tatty which is a great name um he is not a great man though uh he is a bit of a prick and he thinks that the whale has swallowed an opera singer um not believing obviously <laughs> that the whale itself is singing the concept is so ridiculous but trust me this short is so lovely yeah, it, it's um, worth
1: noting um that while this is in his head there's like at the beginning it's clear that the world is aware of this singing whale so that he is really yeah. in this in this universe he is really a singing whale he just does not become the um opera singer of the world that he wants and deserves to be but i love i think actually one of my favorite bits is is the opening bit where you see like the scientists and like academics all like arguing like whether a whale (laughs) could sing or not i just find i just found that really funny um yeah no i i think it's i think it's really good it's a really excellent thing that honestly i i would not have been upset if this became like a either a much longer short or maybe you could even like i feel like this is a world you could expand into a feature.
0: Mm. I would just want to see
1: more yeah.
0: Willy the Way. Oh, and I, I and... love that even
1: though he dies, he has a sold-out concert in heaven.
0: Oh, it's so, <laughs> so, it's so lovely. Honestly. <laughs> I was just like devastated. I was like, No. <laughs> Willy <laughs> is dead. But then like at the end, he's just like he's still singing away. And yeah, it shows the like the gates of heaven. It says sold out on there. So like he still was living his living his best life up there but oh it's so it's so lovely and like very very funny but also really sweet it kind of it's it's what disney does so well in like a very short space of time it's that it's it's why that you know they are so good at doing shorts as well as features like when they get it right they really get it right and this this short has has everything. It has it has comedy. Um, it has great singing. It has, uh, I would say, like better animation than some of the it's other segments. Animated, and,
1: yeah.
0: yeah, like even just like the the sheer kind of like size of him and and the how they show that scale of of him in these kind of like opera houses and singing and how it it looks funny but it also doesn't look totally ridiculous yeah. to see a yeah. whale like singing opera um yeah w- we we stand willie the whale he is our official choice for for this film yes um, we have another
1: for fun willie is he's just most of my notes are in caps because i just love him um he's, he's so charming <laughs> and, and lovely and, and unfortunately the world wasn't ready for him but but heaven was
0: <laughs> <laughs> stop <laughs>
1: But yeah, that's, um, that's oh. uh, uh, I mean, I could talk about The Whale a lot more, but uh, I, I'm, I'm concerned that we'll be like a five-hour podcast. So I, 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 <laughs> I'm going to personally conclude my thoughts on Make Mine Music. Shall we Shall we do, yeah. um, just to waste a little more time, because we love doing that. Well, I wouldn't say waste. Um, extending yeah, the length of our podcast. I would say my top three <laughs> of um, Make my Music, because I, I, the other ones are like fine, um, would be, <sighs> it's tough between Johnny and um Willie the whale but I would say the whale who wanted to sing in the Megala is, is number one very very close mm-hmm. second is Johnny Fedora and Alice Bluebonnet and then Pete and the Wolf would be third
0: well, I'm gonna be really boring and have the exact same top three yeah. well um, when it's right it's right you know yeah <laughs> I think the only the only other one that could like mm, potentially be in my top three is I did like Blue Bayou I, I just really liked the animation yeah. in that but i will forget about that very very quickly whereas i think the others because they have that story i i will remember them more um but like we said earlier it's really i think it would be really hard to try and rank all of them because they kind of fall into two categories you've kind of got your ones that tell the story which is you know the whale uh johnny fedora peter and the wolf the Martins and the Coys and I guess Casey at the bat um, they're the kind of like story yeah. ones but then you have the others which are you know animation happening to music and you know there's a little bit more to them than just that very very vague description but that's pretty much all they are so I think that it's it's hard to try and rank them as a whole like I think you could kind of divide them into those two categories and then sort them from there but yeah i i it's interesting how like the the three arguably like the three strongest kind of fall in like the latter half of the film and it was up until that point point i was finding it pretty rough going like i was um i think my breaking point was casey at the back because i was just like i don't like this at all yeah um I was struggling to like remember the stuff that had happened before. Just I was wondering prior. if it was going to get better. Yeah, and it, I mean it does get better, but yeah, my my kind of overall notes were, or I guess you know to sum it up is like it's overall it's it's pretty bland and a bit nothing. um The sequences don't really have much connection apart from music. Um, the animation, for the most part, but not entirely, is quite basic and very different and a bit sort of like rougher around the edges than what you'd expect from disney Mm -hmm. um but there are moments there are moments that i really enjoyed and i think that it is worth a watch um it's an interesting piece of history yeah it's it's like i i would say it's it's worth a watch but kind of like with a caveat and i think that it's you have to know that you're going into something that is very very different to what you've experienced with Disney before and it's not the quality of of uh, film that you're you know you're perhaps used to but it's not completely without yeah. merit um yeah i think i i kind of sit similarly on this one to what i do with the two that we talked about th- before with the three Caballeros and salidos that interesting and in fact, what was going on behind the scenes was perhaps even more interesting than actually what you get in the film itself yeah. and worth watching for that reason. Um But um I I'm I'm let's 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 move on because it's a nice little segue. A film that is um not worth watching uh is the next one that we're gonna talk about. Oh it's Oh it's rough. Yeah, I feel like we'll not spend too much time on this because I am legitimately quite mad at this film and I don't want to spend that much time talking about it. But we are here to, you know, inform the good people listening to this podcast of all the films in the Disney 58, Absolutely. you know, we're not we're not skipping over any. We're not, you know, cutting corners just to get to the good stuff quicker. We are trawling through these films. Um, okay, so we come to fun and fancy free, um, which uh IMDB tells us uh is Jiminy Cricket. Uh we know him. He hosts two Disney animated shorts, Bongo, about a circus bear, escape into the wild, and Mickey and the Beanstalk, a take on the famous fairy tale. So we will take issue with some of that description, which we will get into, but yeah, we spoke about this film a little bit, I think, when we spoke about Pinocchio, obviously in that, you know, it's the, the second appearance for for Jiminy Cricket. But I think it's pretty obvious from almost the get-go that it, Jiminy Cricket is very shoehorned into this film. and They had I... no
1: idea why he was there. I think it was just like, yeah, let's make sure people see this. And we well, have to remember, like, as you know, this is 1947. Um, yes. So like, you know, yeah. and, and Make My Music is 1946. <laughs> the war has just ended. And at this point, what they're really looking to do is give people a nice time at the movies, uh, give them something to laugh mm. about, uh, give them a, give them a good time. and And it, and it did succeed at the time um I don't think it's aged well and, and I actually I would go on record and say of the 58 this is my 58th favorite um yeah but yeah um <laughs> sh- sh- should I uh dive into some history
0: I think we're ready okay. Okay. yeah okay. take us so, take us through it
1: um this film has two segments uh Bongo uh who is a circus bear and uh Mickey and the Beanstalk which of course is uh, a riff on Jack and the Giant Beanstalk Um, And actually, um, in the early 40s, both Bongo and Mickey and the Beanstalk were being developed into their own feature films. So at the time, there was no plan to put them together and package them. Uh, They were both going to be their very own feature length films to follow Bambi and Dumbo and and all that. Um, So the Jack and the Beanstalk story was very familiar to Walt Disney. Uh, He actually made a short pre-Disney at a a studio he used to work at in Kansas City uh, in 1922 about the story which uh does not exist anymore there's no footage that remains of it so unfortunately it's not able to be seen uh but he also made a similar uh short called giant land um in 1933 that starred mickey and again there was a uh mickey versus giant story in 1938 in the brave little tailor both are wonderful um hopefully on disney plus i'm not sure um but lovely shorts if you get the chance to see them um they were actually going to use um Foulfellow and Gideon um our beloved cat and um fox Honest John sorry yeah. um and and Gideon <laughs> um as the people who sold Mickey uh the beans and tricked him into uh the to getting these magical beans and they were also going to include um Minnie as like the queen of of Happy Valley um so they had loads of different um ideas and things that they were going to do to make this like a full-fledged feature um, and then we look at Bongo Um, which was adapted from a short story in Cosmopolitan magazine by a Nobel Prize winning um, author, Sinclair Lewis, who was the first American to win a Nobel Prize for literature. Um, And it was kind of being designed as this sort of spiritual successor to Dumbo um and it was even going to include a lot of the characters from Dumbo including the legends that we stand um those wonderful shady elephants they were going to be um a key aspect of of Bongo so it's it's kind of tragic that they're not because man are they ever wonderful um mm-hmm. but essentially what happened to both of them is that they were both being developed in 1940 41 and World War 2 hit um so everything changed as a result of that and we talked a lot about that in the last couple weeks, and in, in, in how World War II affected them. Um, in a very quick summary, their budgets essentially were cut, probably more than in half. They you know they had a lot of resources that they lost, and a lot of the animators were drafted into the war. So then you lose a huge part of your workforce as well. So they really had to scale back and and focus on creating these these package films, um, for more or less the sole reason to keep the studio afloat. They could still do creative things and have fun. Um and still create stories that people love and fun and fantasy free was very well received at the time um make my music a bit less so, but people did like it um but fun and fancy free was very well received uh people liked it. it was the exact kind of uh post war enlightenment uh not enlightenment joy and, and and cute time that people were really looking for it, it was a really good form of of escape um so yeah, essentially both of them were packaged together as a result of that, so they scrapped the idea of making them both a feature um fun fact, Walt Disney is the voice of Mickey Mouse, um, he was the original voice of Mickey, and I believe this is the last, actually, I know, this is the last time he voices, um, Mickey Mouse, and then a different voice actor takes him over in, in future iterations, um, but at the time, Mickey was, like, paling in comparison, uh, in popularity to Popeye, to Porky Pig, um, to, uh, Donald and Goofy as well, he was, like, people weren't really that into him, so, they brought, you know, they did Sorcerer's Apprentice, which which boosted his popularity big time, and then they they brought him into this, which was helpful because you you had three icons of the whole world knew—Goofy, the whole world knew Donald Duck, and the whole world knew Mickey Mouse. Um, so it, it was very much the reason they're there is that it it, it really helps uh, bolster the filming and gives it a big name. Um, Dinah Shore sings and slash narrates uh the Bongo story, um, and we have um a very curious decision I would say. Um, to include a ventriloquist, a real-life ventriloquist, and um, some real live-action actors in, in Fun and Fancy Free. Um, and the ventriloquist is Edgar Bergen, who was a big deal at the time, and is actually um, the father of Candice Bergen, who is an actress um, still alive, still going. Um, she's pretty wonderful. She won five Emmys. Uh, and two golden globes for being she was murphy brown which was a a a big cbs sitcom that actually they recently rebooted for a season but it was from ran from 1988 to 1998 uh she was nominated for an oscar uh she was nominated for a bafta um so she's a big deal she's still acting and she is wonderful um but interesting uh, just an interesting connection there um but yeah so edgar bergen brought these um puppets which we'll talk about soon because they are definitely worth speaking about um and yeah that kind of wraps it up so fun and fancy free had much bolder ambitions um to be essentially two entirely separate feature films which is why they're both around the like 30 minute length in terms of in terms of shorts because they're a lot longer than the ones you see in make my music going from 10 shorts in package together and this one just has two um but yeah there's a little brief inner overview of uh fun and fancy free
0: yeah, this, this film really felt to me like two films that were not supposed to be together that were put together because they had to be. Yes. Um, they're they're whereas, nothing like, alike. In, in, yeah, no, not at all. And like, at least in like Make My Music and uh, the two that we talked about last week, there is,
1: you know, I think we said
0: this at the start as well, there is at least something that kind of connects those and you can see a theme of sorts that runs through them. But this is literally like, we have this short... We have that short. They're not long enough to. Or you know, we don't have the resources to be able to make them into the features that we yep. want. Let's just like put them together. Who's a who's a beloved character that we can use to sell it? Jiminy Cricket, sure. Why not put him in it as well? And there is just it, it's so. Oh, it's just so nothing. This film, like it's, I'm I'm really gonna be down on this one. And I think this is the first time that we like really like properly gonna just go in on a film so this could be quite fun um it it starts off like it starts off like fine it's got a nice little song we do see cleo i made made a note i don't think
1: cleo is with the same family um and it's a different cat that we see so before we get into bongo it's like jiminy cricket doing a little song and walking around and he sees cleo who's as wonderful as ever um, but we don't see Figaro, we see a different cat, we don't see Geppetto or anyone, so I, I guess we're to assume that Cleo is not with them anymore, which I don't care to do, so I'm not going to do that. Um,
0: yeah, maybe he was just lazy and they had
1: some extra <laughs> footage of Cleo, oh not lazy, budget conscious, let's say, but also lazy. Mm. Um, they- maybe they had some extra footage of Cleo and Jiminy Cricket that they wanted to throw in, I, I don't know. Um, but it brings us to yeah. the first story, which is Bongo, um, who is a circus bear, and he is very cute. Um. And he the whole story is um narrated and, and sung by the wonderful dinosaur. I will say um uh, that Bongo has some fantastic animation, um especially uh-huh. when he meets <laughs> Lulu bell um mm-hmm. and it's just uh you know it's a really lovely sequence when they when they fall in love. Essentially, I guess I'll just give a brief overview. Bongo is a circus bear, um but he wants to become free. So he becomes free and he lives as a wild bear and he doesn't really fit in, in 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 the wild bear world. Um, you know he's like wearing an outfit which isn't a thing that wild bears do. Um, he's you know very in tune to the circus and and, and that kind of luxury. Well, they presented as a kind of a luxury is is what he was doing. Although I'm, I I don't think bears have a really good time in, in circuses. But hey, um, so he you know he he's kind of struggling to adjust to life and then he finds um the lady bear who is Lulu Bell. Um, and let's talk about Lulu Bell a bit because. Lulabelle is our choice in Fun and Fancy Free of um "In This House We Stand." We do. <laughs> um,
0: she is. It's just she's so cute. She's very like. I think we spoke about this doing with it. She's like she's very like Miss Bunny she from
1: Miss Bunny from Raya the Raya sequel, Fanny. the remix. um She moves <laughs> like Miss Bunny. Um, her like little seductive um dance i feel like not it's probably not identical but pretty close to identical to ms bunny's that's what mm. made me that's what like sparked the kind of thought immediately this like love struck thing is very similar to um the twitter pated bit in bambi and, and particularly thumber in and, and ms bunny
0: yeah it definitely like there's there's so much of this film of this um of this segment sorry that feels like it borrows from dumbo and from bambi so you get that kind of like circus vibe at the start I guess and you know it had there been uh, those characters from Dumbo included it would not feel out of place like definitely it, w- it was um, I mean in-,
1: in that makes sense to think about because it was an originally intended as a sort of not a sequel but like a spiritual successor to Dumbo
0: yeah yeah it definitely it definitely feels like that and I think that anyone would you know make that connection obviously knows as long as you're kind of familiar with Dumbo and The um the animation of the the forest I thought was actually really like really nice and the you get the kind of like the cute animals and the beautiful scenery and that was definitely giving me Bambi vibes. I think it's not as refined as as Bambi is because you know, the animation in that is next level. But yeah, it's certainly it's there are there are similarities there and you know, like we've spoken about there's obvious kind of like animation parallels between lulu bell the lady bear and uh, and miss bunny um yeah this this again i i ended up down the like the disney wiki fandom wormhole um where we ended up with miss bunny and um it's not it's not quite as entertaining uh i will say up front because we were very amused by the the unofficial description of, of miss bunny on that page um but yeah we have uh so what does it, what does it tell us about lulu bell because you don't really I she guess doesn't say
1: oh no she really... well Dinosaur shore says things for her i mean she's the, her voice but yeah i mean the weird the weird yeah, thing we about the story is that like they're supposed to slap each other to show that they're in love, because that's apparently a thing that bears do as they sing about. It's it's so it's so weird. It takes a weird turn. I feel like the first <laughs> half of bong um, bongo, I'm like, hey, this is this is really good. We're we're really onto something here. And then I th- I just think the second yeah. half just throws it all away. And I, I just think it's kind of bad.
0: It takes such a turn. And like, I don't know, if I, maybe I just switched off, but on this on this uh, Disney wiki page, it tells me that Lulu Bell's powers and abilities are hypnosis.
1: I, I guess like as a Did sexual siren kind of thing, like Ms. <laughs> Bunny was like hypnotic in the way. I don't think I, again, th- I have seen this before. I found it tough to sit through then and I found it very tough to sit through now. I think it only gets worse on repeat viewing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, t- t- tell tell us this is the the only fun we're gonna get out of this. So tell us about tell us about uh Lulu Bell.
0: Okay. So um, she is uh, her occupation is uh forest. Bear, I was hoping for like so...
1: astrophysicist, but
0: <laughs> in our dreams she is, and in our hearts. Um, her so her allies is intriguing. So Bongo, you know, obviously. Uh, the bears, sure. And then it says Dumbo. Um,
1: maybe like I... in the original story planning,
0: yeah. Because I I, I, was, I paid enough I was attention to tell you that Dumbo and... is not
1: in it for sure.
0: That would have been the only note I made if <laughs> Dumbo did appear in this. Um, yeah, she has powers and abilities, as we, as we sort of mentioned glow flower, whatever that is, and hypnosis. Um, her her fate is she falls in love with Bongo, yeah, that does happen. And her quote is, "I love you too, Bongo." I
1: think that's the only time she's. Look,
0: <laughs> this is, uh, I mean, sure. That doesn't that just tell us everything we need to know about this character? I feel like actually that does not do justice to the character (laughs) i was just i was quite amused by the the powers and abilities because i don't remember this bear having special powers but maybe they had to do something to make it sound more exciting slightly more exciting (laughs) than it actually is but yeah she um you know we stand she is she is fierce i think if you're gonna
1: watch any of of well actually i don't know there's some bits in the beanstalk thing that i think are actually pretty great um there's again this is another one where like there are moments in these shorts that are like i would dare even say like i think there's a particular bit we'll talk about in a second in the making the beans talk that i think is like incredible i think it's so genius and so clever um and it's just it's just kind of weighed down by some real choices that the film makes but bongo bongo is interesting it's got some if you're a fan of like animation as as art and as a style check it out because there's some there's some really beautiful animation that they do especially considering their budget isn't isn't all that high they they do some really great things in bongo but it's uh it, it's yeah i think it's a i kind of forgot how long in my mind i remembered making the beanstalk being the really long one and bongo being quite short but bongo was like 35 minutes long
0: yeah they're pretty it's, it's pretty even actually in yeah. terms of in terms of length and yeah i i liked bongo for the most part it does it certainly takes like a turn and again i had to do the thing where like i i i had to rewind it because like when they suddenly started like slapping each <laughs> other about and i was like did i miss some context yeah. or something like i really feel like i need to yeah. i need to take a rewind here but there is um we mentioned it earlier actually like uh the kind of there's like a really nice animated sequence of them like when they're kind of falling in love and actually just like prior to that there's this like really fun kind of like visual gag that i liked where uh bongo is like behind a waterfall and then he like peels back the oh waterfall, yeah like it's curtains mm-hmm. to see lulu about i thought that was that was fun and then there's like a nice kind of you know scene of them floating on clouds and and falling in love and it's all quite cute but yeah the, then they the start the clapping there likes a bear likes to say it with a slap i mean okay. I've watched quite a few nature documentaries, but I didn't
1: know that was a thing. Uh, Hey, I watched the Disney nature <laughs> bears film where they the whole thing is bears and I didn't see anyone slapping each other. Um, yeah, <laughs> it, gets, it gets weird, but it's, it's fun. I actually, it's not a terrible sequence. It's, it's beautifully animated. And I just think the story gets mm. away from itself. And I'm not sure what it would have been as a feature, but maybe it would have been better. But maybe it's a good thing that it's only like 35 minutes long
0: yeah i think i i think had there been a bit more budget and a bit more kind of thought and stuff behind it that it could have been a good feature i don't think it would have been like an all-time classic but it's fine as it is and yeah i i don't really have much else to add on that okay so So here's here's where things get into the next where
1: things get (laughs) bonkers um so Jiminy cricket uh-huh. does um set up this story obviously Dinosaur is the one who who narrates it but he does set this one up um and then from this story he wakes up in the arms of of, of a lady doll which is which is creepy but sure um and then he sees <laughs> he, he's like in this house um and he finds his birthday invi- or not birthday invitation like a party invitation um that says it's like it's it's the house across the road or across the way um edgar bergen's gonna be there um, who, of course, is now we know is the horrifying ventriloquist, um, and so he's like, okay, I'll 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 go there. So he kind of like sneaks in, and and he does not frame or host the next story, which is the only time I've disagreed with an IMDb synopsis so far, because he does not host making the beanstalk. The, ho- the Mickey and the Beans talk is very much told by Edgar Bergen, this little girl that he's with, and these two ventriloquist dolls. Can mm. I just say, why is it a party with an adult man, ventriloquist, two dolls, and a small child?
0: I have so many questions the about whole this. Sequence I, mean, horrible. First I hate starting it
1: so much. I can't <laughs> even put it into words. It really, like, irks me. I don't think it. I, mean, I don't yeah. think it does. It doesn't do anything like creepy between the girl and the um the guy. It's a very earnest, lovely like father daughter kind of thing. There's nothing creepy going on. But it just it just feels off. It, it I don't understand. Well, I do understand why it's there. It's to pad time. I get it. It's a lot cheaper than to animate. I understand that. But man, oh man, do I despise it. I think it is the worst decision they could have made. Um, so he's mm-hmm. the guy that that brings this story in um with his ventriloquist dolls. And I think the the problem is that it's one thing to introduce it but we keep leaving the mickey and the beanstalk animation like the story to come back to these ventriloquists it happens like three or four times and i just think it it it, it (sighs) takes all the momentum away from that story which at its core if you if you just watch it without the ventriloquist part it's actually pretty good um if not Uh like great but it, it just takes the whole thing away it sucks the air out every single time brings you back into like this this, they make like two or three funny jokes, but I don't think it's worth having them be so. I feel like they're in it more than anything else. the The, the main memory I have from the film is these creepy, this creepy live action sequence. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you wanna Do you wanna t- Do you wanna talk about them before I I, I get into the one thing I, I really love about <laughs> Mickey <making these books>. and <laughs>
0: Sure. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't wanna um think about these dummies too much because. Al- Along with my well-documented phobia of clowns, I also have a phobia of ventriloquist dummies. Oh, this dummies. is not for you. So this was, this was not a fun time for me at all. And like the, I think, uh, let me just check. Yes, okay. So one of the only notes I made uh, in this was all caps, um, horrifying ventriloquist dummies, brackets, truly cursed. Um. They are some of the most cursed ventriloquist dummies I have seen. And, like, they, they talk and move without him operating them as well, which I do not like and do not care for.
1: Well, um, I think he is, and... but I, maybe you just can't see it. Oh, no, the, no, you're right. You're There's, right. There's moments where one of them talks yeah. before he gets over to him. Yeah, you're right
0: yeah I, I do not like that um and that is something that i will be seeing in my nightmares <laughs> and getting therapy for because <laughs> i laugh but it's really quite bad <laughs> it's just yeah it's really it honestly it is um and it, yeah again it's it is a, it is a little weird and actually like it had it been the kind of like a father daughter kind of thing like i would understand it but actually lu uh i, I can't remember the Luana. i think is the girl's name mm. maybe um she is the girl who lives in the house, you know, over the road that Jiminy is in. So she has clearly like been invited to this pi- party and gone over there. Um, and had there been like other kids or other adults there, I'd kind of be like, it's like okay, like you know, it's a guy who's got some puppets and he's like telling some stories and it's like a little kids' party type of thing. It's also like happening at night, which is like a little it's weird. Just, it's awful. Um, I have, yeah, I have so many <laughs> questions about just this. In Did they run out of, the could primary, they not hire
1: like some people to stand in the background and at least make it feel like it just it's just weird. If you don't have the yeah. pretext of a party, like <laughs> they made this decision. Like you could just have Jiminy go to the next house and like they could be father or daughter, and then it's it's not weird. You know, you, you, you yeah, can make it in it's... a way that does not make this a, a strange thing. And and again, I, I, there's no suggestion that he's, like, acting inappropriately. It's not that. It's just no. why frame it as, like, a, a great party going on when it is an adult man, the girl from next door, and two ventriloquist dummies. Where are her parents? Where is anyone else? It, it, because you get the vibe that she's the only one invited, and that makes no sense. That's so creepy, and that's so wrong, mm-hmm. and that's not... I'm sure that's not what it is, but, like, why frame it this way? Why can't he just, like, see or, like, hear something from the other house and, like, go and investigate it? I, I-, I just don't. I don't. Yeah. This, this this is, I guess, my core problem with this film. It, it just does, does not feel like it should exist in its current format. Like, it, 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 it is clearly the mm-hmm. sum of its parts. It's clearly a film that, like, where there were two stories that they wanted to make in the fi- into films full film feature films they couldn't do it so they kind of smashed them together and put this bizarre nonsense to to flesh it out um yeah, yeah. i'm 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 gonna say i'm gonna well, let's <laughs> let's move on to jack and the bean mickey and the beanstalk sorry no jack um which stars mickey goofy and donald which is wonderful i actually think the sequence is good i think um it's the fact that the they constantly ruin it by interrupting it um but i i'll, mm-hmm. I'll just because i this this film i find so exhausting even though it's like 70 minutes long um i just i just find it so draining um i will say what i love it is i actually think it's it's spectacular and one of my favorite um things in like disney films it's so good is when they're they're eating uh and they're very poor and they have like no money and it's very well established by the fact that mickey cuts the thinnest slices of bread so thin that they're translucent (laughs) i just find it so clever it's like the this is like the one image besides those creepy dolls that like sticks with me and has stuck with me for years i just think it's so fun um the way it like kind of like falls down like a feather on their plates it's just it's so well done it is so clever. I'm guessing this is where their whole budget went because it's brilliant. Uh, and then he, cut, he, he cuts a <laughs> bean into into thirds. I just, I love this little segment. It, it really establishes the story very well. Uh, Donald goes crazy and starts eating plates. And it, actually you, you do feel for them because it, it's very well established that these are very um, poor people. A, a lot of times in films, you kind of have this disconnect between like wealth and and, and and how to exist. Cause you'll get like people who like apparently have like single parents like and they're struggling to make ends meet. And then they live in basically a mansion um, mm-hmm. And you see that a lot now. You see that a lot back then. And you see like everyone has these beautiful homes, and it and it's refreshing to see people who are struggling, and it actually looks like they are like they're really having a tough time. Um, obviously, eventually everything is redeemed, um, because it's Disney. Although not always, as we saw in Casey at the Bat, who just has a horrible time. Um, but yeah. you know, it, 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 this is a very Disney short. It gets it's it has it's the it hits the beats that you expect. It's got a villain and the giant who's who's a goofball, and he's quite fun um and he's got the fee-fi-fo-fum thing we all love um and i actually think this hits a lot of good beats and i actually think if you removed if you just went straight from bongo into this removed the jiminy cricket stuff removed the Locus stuff yeah it would probably be like a 50 minute long film but i think it would actually be really quite good um and, and mm. I, it just upsets me and i think that's one of the reasons i dislike it so much is it just feels like they ruined it it feels like they could have just stuck yeah. with what they had, but then I guess the problem is they're not going to put like a 50-minute film in, in into cinemas, and they're not going to get the money they need. So I get the choice. I uh, it's 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 hard to remember that historical context, but it's important too. Like they didn't really, you know, they had to get to that like 70-minute mark. Um, they weren't in the mm-hmm. same position as they were at, it, it with Dumbo with like a whole new narrative that they could just push ahead and be like, no, we're going to do this. Um, you know, they were making these package films because they had to. They needed to make this money. They had a deal. They had to do all these things um but i i just think it's a shame i just wish that they had the budget to like maybe do like one more uh piece of animation or something to bridge the gap if they needed more time or just expand the beanstalk one more because i think it's actually a good story but they just ruin it they take the they take the excitement out every time by going back to the really annoying ventrilo crystals and i think that in the 40s they were a smash hit and people loved them but I just don't think they've aged very well. I think this is the biggest example in mm. the Disney canon of aging badly.
0: Yeah, definitely at least in terms of like the the story and the kind of like the the way it tells the story. I think that it's you know, you just wouldn't you just wouldn't have that now that kind of like you know, being like bookended by this, or you know, you're not even bookended because they, they they crop up throughout. But like having the the narrative, you know, storytelling device be this guy with like two puppets, like it's very very old fashioned. And I think that yeah, that in particular has like aged very poorly. Along with you know, not even getting started on all the many many questions we have about why this man is entertaining this one small child. But it's it, I think the yeah the the actual like story itself of Mickey and the Beanstalk I did like but it's just every time I started enjoying it it would then cut back to the puppets and it wasn't even always that we went back and saw them so just you know they would they would talk over it they would interject they would make jokes they would make quips and that sort of thing and every single time I found myself enjoying Mickey and the Beanstalk I was like the wind was taken out of the sails and I was just like it then sent me straight back to kind of being like, right, I need to build up that investment again because I just hated those bits so yep. much. And it's it's still... It, to me, it's like an absolutely fascinating watch to kind of see something with so much potential be handled so, so badly strangely. and executed so badly. Yeah. yeah, it's a real, it's a real, real choice. And it's just... It, <sighs> You can kind of, like, I can I can look at it now and, you know, after the discussion that we've had and be like, okay, I understand why all these choices were made. Like, I understand that, you know, the two the two shorts on their own were not enough. They needed to go together. They have got Jiminy Cricket as the kind of, you know, the person telling the story, even though he arguably doesn't tell the second no, story at no all. No, there's no point.
1: I just, I, I, I get yeah. why he's there like, to bring people in and people love Jiminy Cricket. It makes sense. But like, I feel like they could have done way more with him, especially in the second half. He he just yeah. like eats some chocolate cake. He's like hiding from them. He like drinks, I think, alcohol because he hiccups at the end. So I'm not sure if that's trying to say yeah. Mm. Like, but then why is there alcohol in a party with just this little girl and this guy? It just everything about it, is, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> they 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 just didn't think it through. I think it's, I think it's actually generally quite well liked um by people who who are, are passionate about Disney. But this is my least favorite one partially because usually if you ask people like what the worst Disney movie is, they'll probably point to like early 2000 stuff. Um, But to be honest, like Mm -hmm. that's kind of where, I mean, obviously the 90s stuff I I grew up with, but you know, when I was getting into like, you know, my like early teens, like 10, 11, 12 kind of thing like that's Those are the kind of films that were like brand new at the time. And I loved them as a kid. Um, Like Mm -hmm. the, the brother bear and chicken little, even like home on the range, the ones that everyone like thinks are, are heinous. Um, as a kid, I really enjoyed them. So they have that nostalgia that like, Fun and Fancy Free does not have for me that other people may have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I look forward yeah. to getting back yeah. into those because I have seen them probably more than 10 times each. Like all the ones from the 2000s. Um, and there's some great ones in the <laughs> 2000s um, as well. Um, but I look forward to revisiting them because it's been a mm-hmm. few years since I've seen them. And, and, and I wonder going through them all how, how I'll think about them. Um, but I guess my concluding thoughts on Fun and Fancy Free are... This is probably the only one I would say you don't have to watch. Um I mm. I would probably say that I hate it. Yeah. I just <laughs> because I think there's some really great stuff there and it makes me really annoyed that it's it's covered by such nonsense. It'll be interesting to see um mm. what people think of of the film though. So I kind of want them to watch it, but I I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. I don't think you're missing a lot, but as a, if you're looking to join this journey in us and like go through all of them Watch it. It's not that long. Um, and there are some great moments. And honestly, watching him slice bread so thin is really, really funny. And, and, <laughs> a, and one of the best visual gags I think they've ever done. So it, maybe it's worth it for that, like, five seconds alone. I don't know. But I, I really think it's bad. And I, I'm really happy where we, this is over. So I don't have to ever watch it again. And honestly, from here on out, yeah. it gets pretty good. I, I, Melody Time is decent. Um, Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, I really like. Um and Cinderella mm-hmm. is one of my all-time faves, as is Alice in Wonderland, as is Peter Pan, as is Lady in the Tramp So it's gonna get really good from here. So if you've stuck with us this long, yeah. thank you so much. <laughs> um, there are brighter yeah. <laughs> days. I feel like this is probably the lowest point until we get to some weird films that come up later. But of the package films, I think this is the lowest bit.
0: Yeah, this definitely this definitely feels like a low point. And actually, you know, we, we had a really good discussion about Saludos and Three Caballeros that I, I was surprised that we were able to kind of dive into those as much as as we did but there's so much kind of like fascinating history around those films that that kind of that elevated both of those films for me because I I, I really enjoyed reading about all of that stuff and I think there's a lot of fascinating stuff happening at the time and I think with um certainly yeah a, absolutely it's the case with fun and fancy free and kind of with make my music as well is that i think for anyone who is going to watch these it is i would say pretty essential to kind of like do some reading on what was happening with disney at the time because it is very jarring otherwise and mm-hmm. if you don't have that kind of a small understanding of like what the what position the studio was in at the time then it's really really hard to get to grips with these films and i i I completely echo all of your thoughts on Fun and Fancy Free. I thought it was pretty bad on the whole. There are elements of it that I liked, but I, I didn't care for it overall. And I think it is interesting as well. You know, we're talking about the, the, the puppets, and this is the final thing I want to say about those cursed uh, puppets. But that it's, it's interesting what you're saying, that obviously uh, a live action or, you know, a, a guy with some puppets, you know, a couple of actors or whatever, is much much cheaper and much more cost effective than doing a whole other kind of animated sequence so that is the reason why they went you know why they made that choice and why they made that decision and that makes sense uh that doesn't i don't think it excuses it but i think when you know the financial position that disney were in at this time and that these these package films i kind of see them as like a little bit of a like a life a life raft or a life sort of thing they they are keeping the studio from sinking entirely they are you know cheap to make they are not kind of taking up as much time or resources as the other films are and they are really just about keeping the studio afloat in what was a very very difficult time and they they have their place they are in the canon and it is interesting to see this kind of phase um in in the studio's life and what it means and looking at what came before it but also looking at what comes after as well and how they were able to kind of dig themselves out of it and you could say that i mean these these films still made the money like they you know would we have the later disney films that we have if it wasn't for these films kind of keeping them afloat when it was really yeah so they they have they have merit at least in the kind of the bigger disney picture and the bigger history and i think that at least it should make people curious about them i would definitely echo that i i can't like wholeheartedly recommend that people watch fun and fancy free but i think it's a very interesting thing to read about and i would certainly encourage people to do a bit of reading kind of like around that around that period you can you know generally find most of the stuff kind of on on wikipedia or on indb i'm sure there's other kind of sources as well that
1: you and can if you if you don't feel you like reading out, just it's... listen to us talk about it
0: <laughs> yeah exactly like we 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 try and do a bit of um a bit of research every week and and bring some stuff that we find interesting and um just kind of explains you know the the journey i guess it's not just about kind of talking about these films obviously that's you know the the, the main thing that we're doing here but we are also Looking at you know Disney from the beginning and seeing the progression and the change over time, and I think that with with that in mind, these films still have their place. But it's yeah, yeah. Um, one very 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 quick thing on Fun and Fancy Free that I didn't mention was um I did like the animation um of the the beanstalk itself growing. Um, I thought that was actually really beautifully animated, and I um yeah i just wanted to give that a little mention because i i struggled to watch (laughs) to watch that because every time they went back to the puppets i was just like I roll i hate these guys um i don't want to look at them i don't want to hear them talk take me back Mm -hmm. to mickey because i was enjoying that um but yeah i don't want to i don't want to talk about those puppets anymore because i will no doubt be seeing them in my nightmares
1: well we made Um, it there we got we got through make my music (laughs) in front of fancy free we're done here
0: oh boy we we made it and um yeah had a surprising amount to say actually about (laughs) these films so um thanks uh, people for for sticking with us and hopefully you did find this interesting and i absolutely want to hear from people if they do go and check out these films if you have got those kind of blind spots in your Disney, you know, watching, watching whatever, and these are the ones and you haven't seen. like a 99% like, chance I'll, you do, I'll because
1: no one knows what these are.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> like, go and watch them, and let us know what you think. I would be intrigued and i if you absolutely love fun and fancy free and you cannot believe the slander that you've been <laughs> hearing for the past 20 minutes or so i want to hear from you i want to know why you love Me this too. film so please i would yeah get in touch we'll we'll say our twitter and stuff at the end but yeah we want to hear from you if you are a defender of fun and fancy free and we can have a nice uh, discussion around that um i think that's that's about it unless there was anything else that you wanted to not a word say before we not 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 a single word um okay so we'll do our little little tidy up and housekeeping bits now so of course um we want to give a big shout out and thanks to our uh patreons so uh jump cart has a patreon page thing uh where you can sign up on various levels um and give us uh, some money if you like what we do if you like what you're listening to if you like what you read and all that good stuff and you can um yeah sign up and get lots of great benefits and if you are the top tier the cream of the crop the creme de la creme um and all of that then you get a special shout out uh on the podcast every week um, and yeah, so the people that uh, get that uh, special honor this week, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna get through it. I'm gonna you say got it. it. I'm gonna get these names. Uh, I'm gonna get them a hundred percent right this time. I believe in myself. Okay, <clears throat> they are Chris Wilson, Let There Be Light Productions, Zoe Baines, Daryl Griffiths, Sam Luck, Orla Smith, Peter Hodgkins, and Nicole Pot. Nailed it. Done it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yes. And a bigger thank you to those guys. Um, Thank you so much for your support. We really do appreciate it. Um, I want to give a huge thank you to Barry for being fabulous and insightful as always. So if you've got anything that you want to mention that you want to plug or just where people can find you on twitter and elsewhere if they sure
1: want to. um on letterboxd i am b levitt l-e-v-i-t-t and twitter is b levitt 93 so you can probably i mean i don't tweet very much but we just see me retweeting stuff about this and 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 <laughs> and the world going on today which we don't really talk about here because this is a nice place to escape to, but yeah
0: yeah, this is our this is our place that we escape to every week and have a lovely time talking about Disney. Um, but yeah, if uh, yeah, definitely get in touch with us if you like Fun and Fancy Free. I want to do. hear from people who like that film. <laughs> um, you can find me. I'm at Sarah Buttery, and you can find all of us at Jumpcast underscore. underscore oh my lord! I knew I was going to muck up something. At Jumpcast underscore. There we go. You can check out all of our written reviews, features, interviews, news, and more at jumpcutonline.co.uk and go straight to jumpcutonline.co.uk forward slash jumpcast to find out where you can find all of our podcast episodes. We are, of course, going through all the Disney films. Uh we are we are barreling through these now. We are getting things are looking brighter. We are heading towards some better films, so very much looking forward to getting into that um i've enjoyed all of these discussions though Uh, to be honest but yes i i'm very excited to get to cinderella i've got lots to say about that film um (laughs) <laughs> That's gonna be a full hour <laughs>
1: podcast.
0: Uh, <laughs> and uh as well as us going through Disney, uh the other jump cast hosts are doing all kinds of wonderful things. Audrey is doing a really, really great uh film history series going through all the decades. Um there's been a little uh I heard a little Disney crossover on her 30s episode where she mentions Snow White. Um, so a good accompaniment to what we're doing here um dave is doing mostly kind of like anniversary episodes looking at films that are celebrating their anniversaries i'm hoping they do one for jaws <laughs> because i want to talk about that film some more um and nick is uh he's doing some other things he had an episode on hitchcock with some spicy spicy hot takes on that um so you can uh, listen and potentially disagree with that um and yeah so you can find all of that on our website as i just mentioned and we will be back with a new episode very soon see you then bye -bye.